0: Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well lived in the most radiant way, and save up to thirty percent at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.
1: Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Making their way to the ring, and a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Ramble Podcast. I am Ollie Davis,
2: and I'm joined by Luke Owen. Hello Swarth Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you?
1: I'm good, I'm good. What have you got for us today In your bag of tricks
2: Oh you want to just jump straight into uh, mailbag stuff What do you want to
1: talk about how we're feeling Uh, How we are What we've been up to How
2: was your weekend man
1: You went to a fireworks display I did but that was all I did Because I was ill And I spent most of it at home Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah I went to fireworks It was kind of uh, The best fireworks display I've ever been to But they started strong And ended really well So I was just afterwards I was just like, that was really impressive. But then I remembered what they opened with. I was like, that's the best fireworks thing I've ever seen. They had a a giant face that they projected a face onto. It was like a like a mannequin face Mm -hmm. that must have been about twenty foot high, Jim in Jim Ross measurements. And they projected a face onto it. And it honestly looked like, it was a real face moving around up there in front of everyone. That's quite cool. And it was done, but, dread, like, the the face paint was Guy Fawkesy, and he was just making jokes about what it's like to be around in the 21st century. And then he said, I like the rock and roll music that you guys have. It's all anarchy. That's what I'm all about. You know, blowing up the Houses of Parliament, attempting to at least. And uh, welcome to the... T- what started playing? <laughs> I think it was a Guns N' Roses track. Welcome to the Jungle? No, it wasn't Welcome to Jungle. It was one of them. Yeah. And his face paint turned into the Kiss face paint. And I was like, that's kind of sting-like. Uh, and then the whole head exploded in an action movie. Fireball Wow Like it was the most Action movie explosion I've ever seen I haven't seen many In real
2: life Are you sure it wasn't A Kiss song That they jumped into It would make sense If, if the Kiss face Face
1: I wouldn't look to this As the pinnacle Of consistency <laughs> uh, That like They then went into Like Wonderful World <laughs> By Louis Armstrong And then some Bollywood music Oh nice Yeah so they They weren't They, they probably just thought Rock Mm-hmm. generic rock face they just typed that into Spotify yeah. the first time I they think could. they knew what they were doing but they also knew they were playing to a vastly mainstream audience who don't care about this as much as we do well but it was yeah I like Pyro <laughs> it wasn't as good as Crown Jewels Pyro though
2: well again I thought Crown Jewels started off really well with the Pyro but then uh, really dipped down afterwards mm. like that I remember the second bit of Pyro they launched it's very impressive
1: tell me about your fireworks on Saturday night and by fireworks I mean your hot cousin.
2: <laughs> so if you've watched uh, the news I did yesterday, Ollie is now obsessed with my cousin. I'm not obsessed well, with your cousin. I mean, you're the one who keeps bringing her up. Mate. I
1: just think it was incredibly short-sighted <laughs>
2: <laughs> to debut her on the channel. Well, I did say, I mean, she she's very keen to do some stuff <coughs> with us because she uh, she does love wrestling. She's a mm. big fan of it. Um, she also, I, credit where credit's due, uh, about... Five six years ago, she said to me, Cody Rhodes is going to be the biggest star in wrestling. It's like you wait and see, and I went, I don't think so, I really don't think so. He is mid card at best, and that was at a time when he really was mid card Cody Rhodes. And then now she's like, Hey man, I saw this all coming. I told I you, I told you he'd be a big star. Hate people like that. Yeah, they got one thing right. And I was like, that's not quite what you meant, though, was it? You <laughs> said he was going to be a star in WWE.
1: Yeah. Do you want to? Because, but some people only listen to the podcast. Do you want to explain what you did on the news with the picture?
2: So, at my, uh, so I had a family uh, gathering uh, at my uncle's house because his husband really likes to do fireworks displays. He's a, he's massively into it. So every year we always go around to to my uncle's house so they can have this big fireworks display and it's very very lovely we have this ginormous bonfire and they invite everyone over from the village so everyone comes the village goes round, and we get onto their plot of land and we watch this very impressive fireworks display and then we all go back inside and we have some lovely delicious food what was the best firework you saw mine was the explosion uh, well there was one that was set off And, like, it was one of those ones that's, like, it looks like one rocket, but it's actually got 20 rockets inside of it. So when that explodes, it launches off other ones, and they've all got different types of explosions that go along with it. I thought it was very cool. Like, it's a very
1: good display. What sort of pyro would you have as a wrestler, if you were a wrestler coming out in your entrance? Oh,
2: well, WWE Raw for the Xbox, that was the, the first, I think it was, like, the first game that allowed you to, like, really create and customize your entrance now had this very very cool entrance if i do say so myself so i came out to uh you could also load your own music in as well that all that really helps so i came out to fear factory slave labor which is a really cool song off their archetype album and um like as it starts because it's like a big like entrance to like a big opening to the song and i had fire that went down the ramp and it went to the ring and then i had like kane's corner pyro go off so it was like, it looked like fire had gone down to the ring, and then the ring had set on fire That's as nice. well, and then my character made his entrance.
1: I'd go for the, I really like the Dudley Boys oh, yeah. rocket into the.
2: Yeah. yeah. That's right. my foot.
1: <laughs> That's my foot on the leg. I thought you were trying to desk. do your own impersonation on the Dudley Boys. Let's see if this
2: picks up. Oh, no, that's bad, Foley. It made a fart sound. Do you know what? I, didn't pick uh, up. Another pyro I really like was Randy Orton, like his original one. When he, uh, heard nothing you can say. And all like the, the sparklers would fall from that. That's and he good. would like stand underneath that. Yeah. That was really cool.
1: But back to the, so you're in the kitchen. You're eating food. So,
2: uh, well, this was before all of this. Ah. I like, was when we arrived and we were all having drinks. My cousin uh, was there, my cousin, uh, ooh, Wendy. And she was wearing this sort of big a yellow jumper, but it's very hot because my uncle's got a very small kitchen with an arger in it. So it's very, very warm. And then she was like, Oh, I need to take off my jumper and she was wearing a support Wrestle Talk T-shirt that she had bought on the line very recently, a fact you were stunned by because you thought we didn't have any stock.
1: I was under the impression. That's why we haven't pushed them for months because that like something fell through there. Yeah. So
2: yeah, I'm looking into that. <laughs> I don't know where she got it from. Anyway, she had a support Wrestle Talk T-shirt, and then we were like, "Oh, this is very funny." I did call her a loser for for wearing it because mm. I feel embarrassed by this sometimes, like. So when I went to go to my mum's new house, my mum and dad's new house, very recently, in, in, uh, when me and my wife went away for our anniversary, and when we got there, my mum, she's very proud, and she's like, you know, I like to, I haven't seen any of your videos for ages. And then my wife said, like, have you not seen the dance yet? And she, my mum was like, well, when's the dance gonna go up online? I was like, oh, it's already gone up online. And I was like, oh, can we watch? Can we watch it? And I was like, yeah, but I'm not gonna be here, so I, I have to like put it on, and then I have to leave the room. And it's not because i'm embarrassed by watching the dance i don't i almost feel like i'm sitting there going like look how good we are yeah Yeah, see how people are really reacting to us there that's because we're really cool and people like us just feel really conscious about that and the same thing happened when my cousin was wearing a support wrestle talk t-shirt because i'm like i feel really i feel a bit self-conscious about this now because i don't want people to think that i'm good at things
1: heaven forbid well i
2: know well, but i just want to get because then everyone's like oh the, the channel." as if no one knows what i do then you have to sit there and explain what it is mm. and that's all a bit really weird and i don't know why but it makes me feel a bit uneasy a bit uncomfortable um anyway so she's wearing this t-shirt and my mum was like oh we need to get a photo of you together wearing the t-shirt and and uh, wendy was the same way so we posed for the t-shirt and uh, you know everything was fine and then my mum was like, "Oh, I want to see that in a news episode." <laughs> and it was like, "Yeah, yeah, you should put it in a news episode. That'd be really funny." So I thought I would do it as a throwaway gag at the start of the news mm. yesterday, where I was like, "Because Raven doesn't know who I am or this channel, as is in that intro." where it's like, Wrestle Talk, the home of Luke Owen, whoever Luke Owen is and whatever Wrestle Talk is, <laughs> "quote the Raven, never more." And so I, w- in the news being like, "Yeah, Raven, I am Luke Owen. This is Wrestle Talk. We're kind of a big deal. Even my cousin likes me." And I'd show the picture of my cousin. Nice. And then I'd put it up on the side screen and be like, there you go, mum. I finally put my cousin in one of my silly little videos. And,
1: yeah, let's not lose sight of the fact that she's attractive.
2: And then there was a lot of comments <laughs> that were just like, your cousin's very hot. Um, I'll I read you one of the tweets I got yesterday. Really? Uh, from someone. A lot of them were just like, there was one that I thought was very confusing, which is where it's like, um, it's your cousin single. I want to be your new dad. I was like, that's not how it works. Hey, maybe... Maybe he's
1: got his sights on more than just the cousin in the, Louis, say, the the Owen family. I was gonna
2: say you would just be my cousin's boyfriend for now. <laughs> no, you, when he
1: starts working his way through the Owens.
2: You you would be much <laughs> more than just my cousin's boyfriend. But um, yeah, someone tweeted me saying like that cousin though she got a number hashtag creeping and. Uh, she has told me before that whenever I have posted, like, because we have a lot of conversations on Twitter sometimes, she has said that if I ever tag her in something on Twitter, she does get people starting to tweet her or trying to slide into her DMs. Oh. Um, which she said is quite creepy at times.
1: Yeah, I bet, yeah.
2: So, is she, but maybe this could be the start of a beautiful relationship with her and someone. It, has, it, has, does anyone look like a potential suitor so far? Well, the, the majority of the people that send team... That, no, I'll try that again. The majority of the people that send these sorts of messages that go like your cousin's heart usually spelt wrong uh, or like she got a keepers. number. She single, yeah. total keepers. Also, people that don't have their own photo in their profile, or like they will just have a name that's like, you know, big dick ninety eight or whatever. Hey, and- that's what it says on the tin. <laughs> exactly. So you know that those people there, those are the real, those are the perfect suitors for your cousin.
1: You could be spending next fireworks with these people, like four of them, yeah. just all just hanging outside the kitchen, scraping at
2: the window. <laughs> before we get into the outside (laughs) as well as in before we get to the main show i wanted to do this much earlier in the show but we got off track because ollie is obsessed with talking about my cousin i just think it's look i have been broad all my youth years
1: i i don't find my sister or mother or father sexually attractive Mm. everyone else i've ever been in education with and worked with does I
2: can see why school chums would have found your mother attractive.
1: Yeah, so. and when I went to uni, my dad became a dilf which is something I didn't know. Uh, did I, he really? Well, I, I went to an all boys school. Mm-hmm. No girls met my dad, or at least told me that like their their sort of sexual attraction to him. But yeah, as soon as he drops me off, I lived with I lived with twenty five women. Holy hell! Where <laughs> did you live? <laughs> How I lived, uh, did. I tell you about that gap year I had in uh, Amazonia. I oh, live in the Playboy Mansion. <laughs> no, I live on Wonder w- uh, Wonder <laughs> Woman's just, Island.
2: Uh, it's great. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, it was just uh, it was a was that bead House. It was the worst halls on my campus. And oh, like, so it was in halls. Oh, that yeah, makes yeah, more it was, sense. It was a. Hall. I thought you meant like a
2: house, no, like a no, very big house in the country. No, it was. Uh, it was. It was a
1: floor with twenty-eight <laughs> rooms, and twenty-five of them were women. And uh, they, they saw my dad walk in and mm-hmm. they all thought he was a dish. But, wow. but yeah. Yeah, well, so yeah. It, it's just nice. I think that's what I'm working through. It's just nice to be on the other side of that, else, to yeah. fancy my cousin. Yeah. What are you saying? I, is d- that I
2: never said I fancied her. Well, I mean, you sound like I you are. I just said she's your you're fit cousin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but before we get into the main show, we are taking over the Prince Charles oh, Cinema yes. this time next week. It's next Tuesday. So... We are going to be taking over the Prince Charles Cinema. We're going to be hosting a 35 mil screening of Beyond the Matts, one of the best wrestling documentaries of all time, and we're going to be doing a live Wrestle Ramble. Now, we don't know if this Wrestle Ramble is going to be going into the podcast feed, so you may never hear it. The only way exclusive the only way you're going to hear it is if you come down to the cinema and see us do the show. Now, you've obviously heard the trailer throughout the majority of these shows because it plays in every single podcast that's a main podcast, not a minisode, but we are giving away two tickets. That's right. Two tickets. Ooh. You and a friend can come and see us two live hosting Beyond the Map. We're going to do a live episode of WrestleRamble afterwards. There'll be a meet and greet. We can come and have a drink with us. Um, you know, Tell us how great we are because that makes me feel really self-conscious. Is your cousin going to be there? Uh, she might be, <laughs> yes. Yeah, she, she said she might come for it, yeah. We'll do a segment of finding her a date. <laughs> Uh, yes you might be coming to the show Uh, but if you want to be within a chance to win these two tickets we're not paying for travel you've got to get there on your own mates that's all I'm saying if you can get to London and you want to enter in this competition all you've got to do is email luke at wrestletalk.com that's luke at wrestletalk.com with the email subject heading beyond the mat podcast winner that's what I want beyond the mat podcast winner So that's very, very key to get that because I need to be able to file my emails correctly. But you do have to answer this very tricky question. Who is one of the featured interviews in Beyond the Mat? Is it Terry Funk, Terry Crews, Terry Wogan, or Terry Hatcher? Oh, man. It's tough, right? You say those again. So one more time. Who is one of the featured interviews in 1999's Beyond the Mat? Is it Terry Funk... Terry Crews, Terry Wogan, or Terry Hatcher? <sighs> wow.
1: Well, you know, uh, Terry Hatcher, very relevant in the
2: mid-90s. Very relevant as well. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, Terry man. Wogan. I'm racking my brain. He was very big on the Eurovision circuit yeah. you know, around that period yeah. as well, so he very might likely have been at a WWE show or a WWF show at the time. So... Very difficult, but uh, send your answers into Luke at wrestletalk dot Good, Good luck with that. Anyway, here's the show we're going to be talking about. Have WWE botched Braun Strowman? Is that an impression of me? It is, yes.
1: Braun Strowman. We see him at Crown Jewel. He was, that like, there's an argument that he was protected and that he kicked out of like three F5s. That's very impressive. Four F5s,
2: really. Well, he wasn't. Oh, was he pinned he, after the first well, one? You could say that after the fourth one, he got back into the ring. Yeah, which is like a kickout. Yeah, yeah. It's, so it's a standing kickout. He he
1: he had a lot, and he was attacked at the start. Oh, you was know, shot there, to the back of the head. Yeah, there were loads of bits in there, but my argument is that would have been totally fine on Braun's first title shot. We're a year, we're over a year into failed Braun title shots now, and. That there's a bad taste about Brock Lesnar getting the belt again. So I think that I think it was a bad move. Mm-hmm. I think it was a bad piece of booking, and it has negatively affected Braun. But okay, that's what you've done. Let's move on to Monday. I want to see Braun come out there and just Baron cannot even get a word out of his mouth because Corbin is too busy chasing after him, beating up generic heels. What did I say? Corbin. Corbin is in an existential (laughs) crisis. He's chasing after himself and Strowman's chasing after him. Uh, And they did that to an extent, but I think nowhere near enough that they needed to on this follow-up episode. This is the post-show crown jewel. Episode. Although it wasn't on a Sunday crown jewel, this is,
2: you know, the first bit of WWE TV since then. And he was just announced to be in the Survivor Series team. How does that work? Yeah. By Baron Corbin. Yeah, I know. And it just sort of feels like I mean, aside from the fact that it makes little sense being that Baron Corbin is supposed to be, I guess, sort of feuding with him, mm. question mark. But also but like a blood feud with him. Yeah, but also it's almost it almost feels like a step down for Braun. That it was like you were in the championship. Now you're just in that five-on-five match where we need to have one, and you're in it. And he was in it last year. He was he was standing tall
1: at the end. What well, Triple H was standing tall. Well, Triple H was <laughs> sitting scrunched in the corner right, with yeah. that excellent "Oh my God, Braun's hurting me" face. Do you remember what that built to? Yeah. Nothing. Well, <laughs> that was yeah. I, I. You know, because we're coming up to the anniversary of that. That was like the last time, really, a WWE legend put over (laughs) a current wrestler so strongly. And look how it played out. And on the main event this week, I'd I'd argue the same thing happened with Drew and Kurt.
2: Absolutely. But yeah,
1: so to to run through this Baron Corbin promo that opened Raw, you've got the the roster, the majority of the roster. Not the stars. Not the the actual people who matter. So Dolph Ziggler was out there. Uh, That's not a slight at Dolph. (laughs) That's a slight at how he's been booked. They were at the top of the ramp, and then you've got <laughs> six security guards yeah. between the ring and the ramp. And Baron Corbyn walks through, he's all like cocky, ha ha ha, gets in the ring, and then cuts. Just like, I I couldn't find the right way to word this succinctly in my review. Mm-hmm. But if this was a movie, this would have been a terribly written scene, because it was just announcement, exposition, announcement announcement here's someone else to make their announcements someone interrupts that to make their announcements i thought it was so overwordy
2: and yeah. clunky i thought this show as a whole felt like the creative team had they've reached a point where they were like we can't do anything more and not not so much as we can't do anything more we can't come up with any new things just like we just need a break what we need is we need a real paint-by-numbers episode just to get us through this week. Then the European tour will be finished, we can get back home, and we'll, then we'll do Survivor Series. And that's what, but we just need this week off. Everything's kind of on hold because of Survivor Series anyway. Because and everything got was these... on hold for Crown Jewel, and everything was on yeah. hold for Evolution, and everything was on hold for Smackdown 1000. It's all of these things have come together at once. So, like, next week is the go-home show for Survivor Series. It felt like it barely feels like it's begun. Yeah, and next
1: week's the go home show. I feel like 2018 WWE really is the year of. But it, you know, but in in a bit it will get good. Yeah. <laughs> like after Wrestle after WrestleMania, after Roman's title win, Brock's gone and out of the way, then we could and it will. Then we can finally move on.
2: Okay, well after the greatest
1: Royal Rumble then after, then, uh, yeah, then we can move on. And then like it finally happens. Was it at SummerSlam? Summer Summer I can't even yeah. remember now. And then he comes back. <laughs> and then we've had 14, I don't know, mini pay per
2: views or whatever you want to call them. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a rough time. It's been a bad year for WWE. I'd say, I mean, I think Raw has had some good moments. like you, had some excellent some moments. Some excellent moments of fad. Like, I've seen a few people, because I thought this week's show wasn't particularly good, as I've sort of alluded to already. Mm. But a few people have said to me, was like, well, I think Raw's always bad. And I'm like, I don't think that's fair, because I think actually since SummerSlam, Raw's been the consistently better show of the two. But it is three hours. But it is three hours. And good Lord, did I feel the three hour fatigue this week. Because as I said, I thought this show was super paint by numbers, as evident in this opening promo. Because as you said, it was like, here is part A, now we're going to do part B where someone else says some stuff, then part C where someone else says some stuff. And it, and it did go on for a long, old
1: time. So let's go through the bullet points of what was announced. Yes. Like, to, yeah. Fill them in if, I, if I've forgotten any of these things. Mm-hmm. I guess it's because, oh, Crown Jewel's out of the way. We need to set up everything in Survivor Series in one at segment. the start of this show. Pretty much. So Baron Corbin comes out and he says, you know, he's going to be the captain of Team Raw at Survivor Series, but
2: he's not going to wrestle.
1: And his motivation is that if Raw wins, he will become the permanent general manager of Raw because he is currently the acting general manager of Raw because Kurt Angle is on vacation. That's a storyline that's just kind of got its own bunch of loose threads. So he says that and then he announces Dolph Ziggler, Drew McIntyre. Okay, their heels. That's kind of Baron's remit. And Braun Strowman. Yeah. And that's what that's where it's like, well why would you put him in there because what like what loyalty does he have to Raw? Yeah. Why wouldn't he So that's that's I think stupid. Then Alexa Bliss comes out, announced as the captain of the women's team. It seems like
2: she isn't competing either. No, she said I will not be wrestling at because I'm assuming she is still injured. Still injured yeah. So she says she won't be <coughs> wrestling on the show. Uh but she did not announce anyone who was on her team if I recall.
1: No, she's going to announce next week. Oh good. On the Go home, home show. show yeah. Apparently she was scouting matches
2: all, all two uh, of them. Yeah. Yep. Well, uh, a lot uh, to choose uh, from. Uh, uh, <laughs>
1: uh, and oh and she announced the next match which was in a uh, Alexa said, you know, the riot squad will face Bailey, Sasha Banks, and Natalia, which is going to start now. And I was like, that is not an insult. And Baron Corbin even says, I like the way you think. <laughs>
2: uh, but then Kurt Angle comes out. Do you know what my favourite part of Baron Corbin's promo was, though, when he said that Crown Jewel was a teaching lesson? Mm. I love teaching lessons mm. I Any lesson where I, I get Teached things Teached is good mm-hmm. uh,
1: So then Kurt Angle interrupts this And says I mean we're, we're meant to be talking about Braun Strowman here And this well, we'll does get, play into that
2: we'll Because it, yeah. Kurt
1: Angle comes out and says Well I want to be the captain of Team Raw Doesn't
2: sufficiently explain his reasons I mean, He does He says categorically I led Team Raw to victory last year. I was like, that you bloody didn't. You got got turned on by at least three different people, if I recall correctly, and you got eliminated. Yeah. If anything, Braun Strowman led the team to victory. Well, Braun and Triple H led the team to victory last year. You were rubbish. But again, it's like, why would Kurt care? He's been like... (laughs) More
1: (laughs) to the point, yes. He was taken out of this Raw general manager position, which he never
2: seemed to be into. He also did say... Being in the World Cup has lit a fire under my belly and has made me want to compete again. He did say that, you're right. He said
1: that multiple times throughout the night in any promo he had. I've got a fire under me.
2: Only the half the writing crew were clearly brought across for the European tour. Uh, um. So,
1: yeah, and he says that they make... Some, for some reason, Baron accepts that challenge where the captainship of, like that, even matters, is put on the line. The privilege... Of choosing the the lineup, good grief! So this is all going on for ages, ages, and the longer it goes on, the more I'm thinking, where is Braun? Why isn't Braun killing everyone right now? He is he must be so annoyed. And then finally, Strowman's music hits about. Four hours into the show, and he comes down the 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 roster part for him. He beats up the security guards. Baron runs away, and then Braun chases him back up the ramp, which randomly
2: starts a roster battle. Yeah, it started a bit of a riot, really, because the roster sort of started to beat up Braun, then he pushed them away. But then, if you look in the back, other members of the roster are just fighting each other, and I don't know why.
1: <laughs> okay. Baby faces and heels, whatever. But like, how did that get resolved? (laughs) Where did that go? Like, they just they go to commercial and it comes back.
2: Yeah, and it's like, and now we're gonna have a match. What? Like, it was just terrible TV. Well, again, it's dude. I I said, like, it feels like the creative are just at a point where like we need a week off. We just need to do some stuff on this show. It's in the UK, so it doesn't really matter anyway. We'll just do some stuff, and then we'll move on to to next week. Apparently, the attendance for this show wasn't great. Ah, really? Certainly didn't sell out. Mm. Uh, There were some reports that said it was half sold. Like, it looked like it was half full in the building. But there were people who were there that said that's exaggerated. To say it's half empty (coughs) is an over-exaggeration. But there are lots of pictures floating around of many, many empty seats. They reckon there was probably about 5,000 people there.
1: Yeah. So anyway, after Braun Strowman had this lacklustre opening segment or, you know, bit there, but because they had to get all the exposition out of the way first, I guess. I mean, but they could like have... So what happened was the rest of the night was Braun Strowman chasing Baron Corbin around the building. Mm. Like, he'd, there's one bit where he kicks down a load of doors in a toilet and a guy runs out of one. Corbin's not there. Uh, Baron has these interview segments Backstage with Charlie And he's like I'm not running away uh, And then Charlie's like well, Why are you setting up A makeshift studio In the storage room then Which was actually Quite a funny line he's like, Well now you've told everyone Where I am And Braun Way too quickly appears My favourite line from that Was Corey was like Oh that's because Charlie gave the
2: game away Yeah uh, And they were like what were the security guys doing in the background? Well, they were putting stuff against the door. Was that to, what it to, was? to stop him from breaking through? I guess it did a crap job of it. But th- it opens the other way. <laughs> it seems <laughs> it's almost like in Hot Shots, Pad. Damn, it's locked from the other side. Yeah. It almost felt like, and one of the things I I didn't particularly like about the Baron, uh, the Braun Strowman stuff this week, is it felt like a return to wacky brawn, and it never felt like it was serious Universal Championship contender brawn. It was just like, hey, Braun's a giant guy and everyone runs away from him. And that's funny. basically the Kevin Owens feud. Yeah. And that was the Braun I really didn't like. I, I much preferred Braun when he was feuding with Roman last year. Or actually the, the stuff he did with uh, Lesnar last year as well. This very much felt like Kevin Owens, Braun Strowman. And that, 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 that doesn't work for me. Personally, this doesn't work for me as much.
1: Yeah, you want Braun to catch someone and violently beat them up. yeah, like the, Like you said, the Roman and Brock stuff. As opposed to chasing after them And doing something that slightly aggravates like,
2: them Well like kicking in doors to a toilet Or yeah. like just shouting like Where is he? To, to some poor guy who then like You know like I know you liked it But the chocolate cake moment Chocolate
1: cake was good
2: <laughs> uh, But that, that was yeah
1: uh, Who's got the chocolate cake fetish backstage? Because they gave Fins, one to obviously. Elias last
2: week Vince clearly
1: uh, So the Carbs <laughs> Can't have them Uh, So at the end of the night Just before the main event Baron is in the parking lot Mm -hmm. And he's half in a car And he says I'm not doing the match tonight Drew McIntyre is going to take my place Against Kurt Angle Which I was like Well that's awesome Mm -hmm. That's really good Something good has come of this But then he gets in the car It drives away And Braun chases after him And doesn't get him And that's it and yeah. then he just, sta- the, the shot holds on him and he tenses his fists and looks at them.
2: Because no one got these hands. I think that's what he was trying to convey. He's like, well, no one got them. Yeah. I've just got to look at them now. Just
1: beats up Charlie when he turns around, the nearest possible person.
2: Could have been, like, if he'd have just gone on a rampage after that, because then I was really surprised he was nowhere to be seen in the main events. It was such, yeah, I was like, well, okay,
1: uh, I thought the big payoff to this was going to come here. Like, usually Braun does something crazy and flips an arena or something. I thought he was going to catch the car
2: and, like, yeah, drag yeah, the
1: car drag back. Yeah, that would drag it back. Yeah. That would have made this better. Uh, but then, yeah, like, there was no follow-up in the main event. That was the last bit. And you really needed Braun to look strong coming off that. Look, it's not, it's not a burial. It's not a job what happened at Crown Jewel in that isolated thing. But overall, as part of a year trajectory of Braun Strowman in the main event, it's really
2: bad booking. they're he's flattening yeah. out. He, they have fumbled the ball yeah. with Braun Strowman in 2018, I would say, because I I don't think he had a particularly good summer. As I said, I I, I didn't like that feud with Kevin Owens. Oh no, I thought it was disastrous for him as a character A morally skewed. Yeah, as exactly. Well. Yeah, and then I. I th- then he randomly turned heel just because they needed to have put together a three-man team to face off against the shield and then that was just quickly dropped bearing in mind like that survivor series team it's the reunion of the dogs of war but like dogs of war were a team two weeks ago but like that feels like so long ago yeah because everything is like completely changed obviously extenuating circumstances have necessitated these changes but i think that but for- there's, a- there's a lot of
1: people backstage like Someone can come up with... I can come up with something that's better than this, I
2: think. Yeah, well, I also think that, like, Braun losing at, at Crown Jewel, I almost feel like that's him. That's it for him now. Like, they've been talking about, ah, yeah, but then they'll do Braun and Brock at WrestleMania. And here I am sitting like, I don't think I care about that mm. anymore. I'd rather see Drew get that shot.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally, especially after this show. Uh, yeah, it's really, really bad stuff for Braun. Mm. Uh, that he needed something big. Coming off Crown Jewel, and he got nothing. Like, he could have just come out for the Dolph Ziggler match and beat up Dolph Ziggler. Uh, That at least builds some intrigue about how they're going to coexist for Team Survivor Series. Yep. Bad show, WWE.
2: Russell Ramble is taking over the Prince Charles Cinema on November thirteenth, twenty eighteen, for a live podcast recording, along with a special screening of one of the greatest wrestling documentaries of all time, Beyond the Mat.
0: Since you are able to regurgitate, you know, on command, um, it, it just seems to me that that, that it's pretty logical that. You should be puke.
2: Holly Elfektor and myself will be in attendance to watch the film and meet everyone who comes along, as well as record a live episode of the podcast with your Q's and RAs.
0: You make it sound like you don't even want to live. There's times I know.
2: There's a lot of times I know. But this won't just be any old screening of Beyond the Mat. No, no, no. This will be a wrestler-long screening. We want to create the atmosphere of a wrestling show inside the cinema screen. That means that we want you to bring your signs, bring your costumes, and bring your chance. He's got a pew! He's got a pew! It's going to be a lot of fun, and we can't wait to meet you all there. That's November 13th at the Prince Charles Cinema in London. Wrestler-long screening of Beyond the Mat, along with a live podcast record of Wrestle Ramble. Tickets are available Now from PrinceCharlesCinema.com, but they are going fast. Gave up Wall Street for Wall Street wasn't fun. Wrestling is fun. That's PrinceCharlesCinema.com. Getting engaged
0: is a moment worth cherishing. A -a one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does, they charge you a lot. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from thirty dollars a month to just fifteen dollars a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/slash-switch. Forty-five dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited, more than forty gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. All,
1: right, again, we're all kicked off with this overly long Baron Corbin promo. We've talked about that, and then in there somewhere, amidst. The hundreds of announcements that were awkwardly made, Alexa Bliss booked a match. And that was the Riot Squad versus Bailey, Sasha Banks, and Natalia. How many, Luke, how many <sighs> matches has Sasha Banks been involved in with, with a Riot Squad member since April? Oh, that's
2: tough because there was Te- televised matches. Televised matches, because there was all those matches that she had when it was just her and Bailey, uh, and then obviously you had to lead that in then into Evolution as well. Um, so you, you're talking a seven-month period there. I am saying upwards of fifteen, possibly maybe towards twenty. Well done. It's this is the sixteenth televised match. Man alive!
1: So it is statistically boring. <laughs> <laughs> this has been statistically done
2: too many times. Oh, you can't argue with the numbers, well, Scott here Steiner. Here we go. But they've added a brand new wrinkle to it this time. Instead, th- they this time, they had a match that went through two two commercial breaks and then didn't end. Like,
1: Look, I <laughs> like this match. I like I like them working together. I think Sarah been- Logan is
2: brilliant. I think Ruby Riott is brilliant. I like all six of the people
1: in this yeah. match and and they actually have good matches yes. i really like their evolution match every week it's like well i enjoyed this match but please stop doing it it's it, like i'm sick of it now completely but yeah this was the angle natalia comes down they make a big deal of how she's wearing sunglasses indoors because her her father, Jim the Anvil Neidhart, that's what he used
2: to wear down to the ring. They were her father's sunglasses. So she had cut this promo beforehand with Charlie uh, saying, I'm going to wear my father's sunglasses and it's going to be a tribute to him. I'm dedicating this match to him. Yep. So this and bear in mind he recently it, passed recently, about yeah. two months ago. And you'd think if you wanted to do this angle at the end of this match, build on that, have her wear them for weeks and weeks and weeks, and then you do this. This because essentially at the end of the match, Ruby Wright locks the sharpshooter on Sarah Logan, I believe.
1: But it then, doesn't matter. It doesn't matter.
2: But then she gets distracted because Ruby Wright is on the outside with the sunglasses, and she snaps them in half, and then. Then the, they leave. The riot squad just leave and Natty gets out of the ring and starts crying and Bailey and Banks sort of hug her. Crowd cared so much they started counting to ten because <laughs> they were both being counted out. But the match just ended. Like it just stopped. They just they did all of this to do this angle. But the angle has no weight because you've only introduced the MacGuffin ten minutes ago. Like that that whole you can tell me all you want. This means a lot. But I haven't felt it mean a lot because it's only just come in here. Like, you don't do Chekhov's gun and then shoot someone straight away. You build on this. And I always use this as an example when, and this is almost, it's Vince Russo. It is probably one of his worst, not not of his definite worst, but one of his awful tropes that he had as a writer was when he was in TNA. And it was during the feud between Samoa Joe and Kurt Angle. Mm. And on an episode of Impact, Joe randomly comes to the arena with her girlfriend. And he says to the interviewer, This is my girlfriend. And then you see her maybe in one segment after that. And then the very next time you see her, Kurt Angle's got her in the ankle lock up on the stage because he wants a rematch with Samoa Joe. And that's, he put her in the ankle lock so he could get this rematch with Samoa Joe. Then she was never seen or mentioned again. She just disappeared. And you're like, Scared off? Well, most you're like, likely. Yeah. And you're like, Well, you use this character as an impetus to set up this match. But that character means nothing because she's only just arrived here. And that's what I felt like with these sunglasses. They mean literally zero other than you telling me that they're meaningful.
1: So I agree that this would have been a lot more impactful had they set it up over weeks. But I I definitely thought they were impactful because I know, like, those have been established as Jim Neidhart's gimmick for, for, you know, decades. Uh, And Natalia wearing them shortly after her father's death. I... I I thought it was a good angle. Really? Yeah, yeah. And then when Ruby snapped it, I was like, "Oh, wow. That's, you know, that's WWE playing on a real life death again. Well done <laughs> WWE. I really so, didn't think it worked. What, what, it didn't I, work for the, me anyway. The reason I didn't think it I still don't think it worked though. Okay. Because it just it just fizzled out into nothingness. What should happen? Natty has the match won. Ruby snaps the glasses. And then Sarah Logan rolls her up or hits her with something to beat Natty. So then Natty has both been beaten and her glasses have been snapped. Like that's, that's something. But instead, it it didn't work because the Riot Squad walked up the ramp laughing like the Riot Squad they are after breaking the glasses. And Natalia just awkwardly cried. Like she's not a good actor. It wasn't convincing crying, and Banks and Bailey aren't good actors either in this role, as you can go back and watch their relationship counselling skits from earlier in the year. of those
2: hilarious ones.
1: Whatever the tone they were meant to strike was. (laughs) And they're comforting her. And I'm like, but what's going on with the match? Yeah. Like, is the referee counting them out? What's happened here? You were wrestling quite a long match.
2: Yeah, it it was long.
1: And that's why the crowd were like... You know, they counted them out yeah. and it takes away all it undermines all of the emotional impact of this angle because the cr- but the, the the crowd are right and WWE should have seen this huge logic hole in the angle before they 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 made it go ahead yeah i
2: thought it was i thought it was a good angle that was just awfully executed mm-hmm. for me i completely agree with your thing uh, and and everything you've just said <clears throat> there um The fact that the sunglasses only just arrived today, I thought, made it work even less. Because uh, another another example, say Kurt Angle, they used to use his Olympic gold medals as a thing. Like whoever he was feuding with would steal them. Maybe Chris Benoit would put them down his pants. Maybe someone would throw them off the bridge and he would have to go and get them. That only worked because Kurt Angle started with those Olympic gold medals and he wore them down to the ring on every match. So they were saying that they were part of his character. These are glasses that have literally just, th- before this match started, she was like, here they are. So, th- that's also... But it a- is a real thing. It is a real thing. But also, I think that's why the crowd didn't react to it. Because the crowd, aside from you telling them mm. these mean a lot, the crowd don't know they mean a lot. Well,
1: I... Yeah, I mean, we, we're just going to have to agree to disagree. I think that would have made it better... I don't think that's the fundamental thing that's Oh right. no, there's so much more wrong with it uh, Then we get some Braun Strowman Baron hunting backstage A Crown Jewel DX Brothers of Destruction video package Which, you know, relived that depressing thing Apollo Crews took on Jinder Mahal next In set promo from Apollo Talking about how he's the human highlight reel Which is a cool name uh, And then he won but, yeah, you know, it's after a few losses recently. I, who cares? <laughs> you, who cares? Who could care? Uh, I thought it was impressive, though, when he got Jinder up over his head and he was shaking. I was going to
2: say, you barely got him up, though. And, and he, he, well, <laughs> he got them up very fine. You couldn't keep him up there and you yeah. sort of let him go early. But, but still, I, I, like, I, no, I think they recovered a... from it. The crowd- think just like a slab of lean meat, though. <laughs> uh, the crowd were just not into this whatsoever. No. But why would they be?
1: They were into Seth Rollins coming out, Absolutely. specifically shouting Burn It Down. Uh, he came out next looking awesome with the intercontinental title
2: belt around his waist and both tag belts draped over his neck. Mm-hmm. Thought that looked great. He looked cool. Uh, he said the things did not go his way in the World Cup. but um, he's also really annoyed <coughs> that Baron Corbin helped Brock win the title. The title that Roman spent so long trying to get off Brock Lesnar. Yeah just to put it right back on him again it almost felt like Seth was playing the role of a WWE fan here There was just like we spent so long waiting for the title to be taken off Brock the first thing the first opportunity you got you just put it right back on him
1: I thought it was a really good slant on it I hadn't thought about that side of things mm-hmm. like how this would motivate Seth yes. my friend works so hard and now all of what he's worked for has been undermined. And I, I appreciate it. And that.
2: on top of that, all the Dean stuff that's going on as well. It's been a rough old few weeks for, for Seth. Almost uh, like he should be pushed as the top star
1: baby face well, of Raw.
2: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, and that's really... Surely Seth would be the guy to, to win the title off of Brock. You know, I don't want to do like, I'm doing it for Roman. I wouldn't go down that angle. But you can use this as a character piece. Don't do the whole... Don't do it the same way you did with Rey Mysterio. But you can use it as a catalyst. Go and watch my fantasy book in warfare of Brock losing the belt. I booked
1: it for Seth to win. You did. Uh, You did. Well done. You did. (laughs) did. Uh, So Seth then says that uh, unfortunately I can't defend the belts now because, you know, Dean, I don't know what's going to happen with them. Baron appears on the Titan trump from like uh, a makeshift office, which I did appreciate. I, I do like it when they make Raw feel somewhat chaotic and impromptu and spontaneous mm-hmm. and narrative threads that run throughout the night. And he says, I disagree. You can defend them right now against these
2: guys. And it's AOP. Yeah, weeks and weeks of build for AOP. This did not feel like a big moment for them. No. On, which is weird as well, because I actually genuinely enjoyed this. Yeah, it was good. I really I I thought it was cool. Seth was essentially there to say I'm vacating the titles because we can't defend them. But Baron, being the big old bully that he is, being the heel GM, was like, no, no, you are going to defend them. Oh, and by the way, it's against these two guys. And it's AOP, the unstoppable monster of AOP, and you're like, oh, man, how is Seth going to overcome these odds? And then they had a really, really good handicap match, and the crowd were really into Seth making his very, very good comeback. But they did not react to AOP winning the belts. Well, that wasn't the point of this.
1: The point was... Dean to take on, like Dean to work over Seth at the end. Uh, yeah, like you it's, said, I, it, I love that. It's never, it's not the point to, to make the time. I'm well, I'm Pritchard, in. I'm Pritchard <laughs> in. It's uh, that I did. I like the consistency with Baron choosing AOP because they have set that relationship up yes. over the last couple of weeks. Like, I reward you. You know what's good, the, the good stuff that's coming to you. Uh, but yeah, like like you said, they had a really good match. They they worked such a smart balance between Seth. Keeping both guys at bay, but not making AOP look weak, because mm-hmm. yeah. I, I felt like AOP never looked like they were in trouble, and Seth was just running on pure babyface adrenaline. Yes, uh, and like even like even when Drake Maverick got up on the on the apron, distracted the ref, Seth came back again from that spot, near fall off a frog splash, but AOP counter a curb stomp into the power bomb, and then and then they win. But yeah like this this is AOP's. First main roster title win. And it was an afterthought. It really was. Because as soon as they won, they had to run up the ramp, celebrate meekly up the ramp. Yeah. Because the real point of the segment was Dean Ambrose coming through the crowd and laying out Seth with the dirty deeds. Mm hmm. Well, yeah. I mean, let's I'm just think okay. of another way. Okay. Let me pitch another way. Seth is taking on AOP, and as he's like getting worked over for ages. Dean just walks through the crowd, hops up onto the apron, and just stands there. And then you still play... Like, Seth hasn't... Like, Seth still might think there's something to save there. And maybe Dean could even get up to it. And all of a sudden, he's like, give me the hot tag, give me the hot tag.
2: Tags in, and and then doesn't tag. Or however you want to play it. I'll be honest, I was waiting for that. Yeah. Because they... Baron Corbin said, "You and your partner are going to have to defend these belts." He didn't say you're defending these in a one, a two-on-one handicap match. He said you and your partner are going to defend these. So I spent this whole match, aside from that, enjoying it, I was like, "I'm almost certain I'm waiting for Dean to come down here and do some sort of spots like that." Yeah, mm. I'd love the idea of him building to a hot tag and then just maybe just jumping off the apron or something and leaving him to, to you know, leaving him to get beaten up by these two big bruisers. But instead, it, it just sort of ended. And as you say, AOP won and had to get out of there as quickly as they possibly can, so they can make way for the bigger stars. And it just once again makes the tag team division on Raw look really, really pants. Yeah, an afterthought. Yeah, if
1: if if you do it our way, Dean Dean betrays Seth again, and then walks up the ramp, and you you finish on the title win, and you make a big deal of that. Uh, I think that would be far more effective. It's not like Dean and Seth needs more heat. It just needs continuation. Yeah. And then, weirdly, like I, I because I like this segment. Yeah, actually, as did I. It was just a shame that the AOP title win was undersold. It was my favourite thing on the show. Oh, I would say second favourite. Uh, but then they cut back to commentary, and Michael Cole goes like, "Oh man, dastardly stuff from Dean Ambrose," and he hasn't explained what's going on again. I mean, have y- y- your relationship with Dean? René, yeah.
2: What like have you had? A, have you had a chance to talk with him? And she said he can't be reasoned with at the moment. And I was like, "Are we just? Are we just going to start acknowledging that they're married now? Are we after weeks of not? Now we just are." Of course, they they they
1: referenced it because in Roman Reigns' leukemia announcement. But that doesn't quite count because that's out of context. Yeah, that's like that's that's not fake. But this is why mention it now? That just opens up too many questions of. This doesn't make sense. Yeah, I know
2: it was really
1: weird. What happens between Monday and Monday and Renee and Dean living at home? Yeah. Oh, hi, hun. How's it going? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, yeah. You just... want to talk about the Seth stuff? No. No, I just, you know, I want dinner and then I want to watch Netflix and then go to bed, Renee. Yeah. Snuggle bunny.
2: You know, it's just like, what? Yeah, it was really weird. We should as well point out that Dean did say some stuff. He didn't just oh, come yeah. out and hit the dirty deeds. Which is a, is another undersell of an angle. Like, you could have built that up. Yeah, he basically just kept saying,
1: why did you do it? Yeah, don't let Dean speak. Build that up for ages. But in truth, we only got two weeks of intrigue. Yeah. The question wasn't answered, but he spoke, and that's you know part of it. Uh, more things with Baron backstage. Then uh, Dolph Ziegler comes out to moan about the World Cup loss, mm-hmm. quite rightly so.
2: Uh, yes. Um, I mean, I'll be honest, I didn't really have a lot of what Dolph said because it was just, yeah, it really was because his words mean nothing. Hmm. Because Dolph has been someone who has been in this company now for like oh, 15 years, at least at the very least 10 and he's had stop-start pushes one after another. They either care about him or they don't, or they stop caring about him when they are caring caring about him. And it's just got to a point now where I'm like, I'm so done. Mm. And there's he's got this partnership with Drew, which I thought was actually a really good rejuvenation for him. But then he just, it, when he comes out on his own, I'm so less interested. And really, the reason why I like the pairing is because I really like Drew. Yeah, yeah, Dolph. Needs to go Like we're coming out And saying I'm the best in the world I was like But you're not mate mm. Like you're really not And you've got Absolutely nothing To prove that you are
1: Yeah He had that He had that title reign once He's a former WWE champion
2: He's a two time World heavyweight oh, champion Oh world heavyweight world and, and he's a former WWE champion I wow. think But yeah. I, I, honestly I don't know That makes the belts Look so bad Doesn't it just <laughs> Yeah uh,
1: but they put that over in the ensuing match with Elias. Like Elias eventually won this match. Well, we didn't even
2: say Elias was on stage. And really, yeah. one of the big stories coming out of this show was how over Elias was in the UK. Bizarroland. What's Bizarro? Yeah. Well, I mean, you say Bizarroland. I did. We didn't mention this earlier in the night, but if there was one place in this whole world where Bailey was the most beloved person, it was the United Kingdom because we loved Bailey. She could be not pushed whatsoever but when she arrived in england she always felt like a star because we gave her this big sort of superstar reaction and hey yay, hey bailey who, ha a lot I'm of an, oh, yeah, sorry all I'm of that stuff. carry on the chance none of that was here tonight she came out to I mean she got more of a reaction than Tamina but that doesn't say a lot. She came out to basically no reaction. Mm. And I thought that's a real damning indictment of what WWE have done to that character that even the UK have given up on her now. But we did not give up on Elias.
1: No, he he was out there first and uh, it, like to interrupt Dolph's promo and he he came out and he said "Here I am" or whatever it is he uses <laughs> to introduce himself. And the crowd started
2: singing, Oh, walk with Elias. But they weren't all really in time with each other. It was like pockets and pockets and pockets. But Elias, such a master he is of manipulating the crowd slowly just he just goes doom 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 and instantly everyone was on the same page because he as a conductor he set them up for it it was brilliant it was absolutely masterful from Elias
1: yeah really really smart he is he has just transitioned so smoothly into being a baby face although the
2: booking reasons
1: for it are just you know completely stupid mm-hmm. he just switched one week this w like he is he's, he's so good at it you can't really be angry and that's a lot of these things like when stuff's good, you don't really mind the logic holes. When stuff's bad, like most of the stuff has been this week, that's why I'm picking holes in Renee Young saying that she's married to Dean Ambrose. Yeah. Like, it's just it's just all the more insulting because it's bad this week. But, uh, yeah, so Elias said... Something about Oasis getting back together. Well,
2: he said that he's just got off the phone with Nolan Liam Gallagher. And I was like, mate, I don't think they're on speaking terms at the mm-hmm. moment. If there's two people that really do not like each other in Manchester, it's probably Nolan's Liam Gallagher. But they come to the crowd. I'm almost certain Noel was at ringside. It looks like It, it. <laughs> it looked like as they banned him. Either that or someone just really likes Oasis.
1: I think most... There's a lot of people in Manchester who
2: look... <laughs> that mod style in the 90s there certainly would have been I'm no not, no I'm no, not no. Sure. they're I'm not... still there now well no but those people they're have still grown down up. in Hackney <laughs> um, but he said that he's got a new song that's so good Oasis is the thing of getting back together and I've, I thought well actually I think their solo stuff's probably better than Oasis were together at the moment <laughs> I actually think a lot of their solo stuff has been very good because I, I don't think Oasis have Mega had heat. I don't think Oasis have had a decent album like a really really great album since What's the Story okay Well, that's controversial. Let's not get into this. Absolutely,
1: Uh, I I thought this match, unfortunately, with all the promise of Elias as a babyface on promo skills, again, he he's he's not he hasn't got charisma in the ring, and the way this match was laid out did not help that because it is just Dolph Ziggler sleeper holds. I am sick of the the first two thirds of Dolph Ziggler matches when they're
2: not with Seth Rollins. I thought this match was very, very boring. Yeah. And it, we said earlier that Elias really has transi- transitioned so well from that heel role into this babyface role. But the problem is the bell has to ring. And Elias, the one thing you could always say about Elias and this is the same thing in NXT. He was boring to watch as a wrestler. And he's even more boring now as a babyface because he has to sell.
1: Yeah, that's it, isn't it? Because at least there's a heel. His matches were still boring, but that was kind of the point. He was the one doing
2: the sleeper holds. Yeah,
1: sleeper holds, and then the babyface would come back and you get cheers there. But now, like, he's the guy who's got to connect with the crowd when he's being worked down, and he he doesn't have that. really, weirdly, Yeah. uh, maybe he's just too cool because he is very effortlessly cool. Although, as a
2: positive, the crowd had fun.
1: Yeah, uh, they were chanting... Uh, a lot But I, I, I really turned off on Dolph Ziggler As an in-ring wrestler I think it, the the way he's working his matches Or the agents who are laying it out backstage Is just an outdated style of wrestling for me now and then, I'm over
2: it And you've got Dolph at the start That's going like I'm the best in the world I made it to the finals of the World Cup tournament Sleep old Loses here Yeah. So you're telling me that Dolph <laughs> can beat Kurt Angle and Seth Rollins on the same night But can't beat Elias in a fair match Like, what does that say about Dolph as a character? What does that say about Kurt? What does it say about Seth?
1: Well, maybe in their minds they thought if we give Dolph the whole match and Elias just wins at the end with a drift away, which is what happened, it'll be fine. But (laughs) it's it's not, it's just it flattens everyone out. At least make Elias look good in the ring. I didn't like this at all.
2: No, I was not a fan. Um, then we got Rhonda coming out. So we actually got a promo earlier of uh, Becky Lynch. We got a recap of her promo saying that she is going to uh, tear off her arm, which makes me For think. arm. Well, it makes me think of Father Ted. You know, when uh, he's on the phone with, uh, I think it's with Bishop Brennan, and he's like, because uh, Crilly is always lying to him. And he's like, Crilly, if I find out you're BSing me again, I will rip off your arm. <laughs> and I re- <laughs> don't remember that. <laughs> That's what makes me think. I'm just rubbing my nose. Crilly. Anyway, Ronda comes out. Father said it's a great show. But, uh, Ronda comes out and, and, she, and starts talking about I was like, oh, it's very easy to see why people like Becky. She's very good. Um, and the crowd very much agreed with her. And she said that, I do respect you, Becky, but do not mistake that for weakness. And then she cuts this almost promo scene, like, while you were getting uh, alarms to wake you up so you could go to school, my mother was waking me up trying to break my arm. I don't know if that's true or not or, or what have you. But while you were at clown college i was at the olympics she, she was she was
1: brought up by uh the halloween woman <laughs> so isn't that the the kind of laurie what? strode yeah laurie the halloween strode woman. the halloween woman
2: the one <laughs> in freaky friday <laughs> um yeah she was like you know and while you were a stewardess i was uh, I was an mma but i'll be honest i, I kind of lost my way in this promo because as soon as she would say clown college all i could think of was that simpsons episode where homer goes to clown college um Anyway, she calls herself like a natural-born killer and she wants Becky to bring everything she's got and she calls herself the baddest bitch on the planet. And that was oh. about the one thing that did get a response because if there's one thing you can always guarantee on with a WWE crowd, if you say bitch, people are going to cheer or at least go... Oh. oh, sick son. Oh man, you oh, said the sick word. Burn. Oh, that you said was, it was the about word. Yourself. That's empowering. Oh, yeah.
1: Uh, so I thought this was a very good promo. I thought it was as well. Uh, yeah, but I... like you said, it didn't get much of a crowd
2: reaction. I've seen a lot of people be very critical of this. Cage side seats in particular were just oh, like really? it fell so flat. But yeah. then again, they thought the main event was like the saddest thing they've seen all year. Uh, yeah, but the I, like I thought she
1: she she worked. She started out fun. And she even said, like, Becky's the man, figuratively. Like, mm-hmm. that was a good comic delivery. And then when she just turned mean, it was really effective. Uh, yeah, I, I thought, yeah, I thought this was good. I thought it was good. And then we got <laughs> Naya Jax's music. She came out and she said, oh, just remember Ba-ba-ba. that after Ba-ba. Survivor Series, yeah,
0: Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba.
1: after Survivor Series, you'll have to face me, champ. Uh, good luck, whatever. And then Ember <laughs> Moon's music hits. And I'm like, wait a second. Is Ember Moon going to come out and say, hey, you might have been to me last week, but that was only because of Tamina's thing. I actually beat you loads beforehand. Maybe we should have a number one contenders thing. Or maybe there's a three way thing we could do with Ronda because we don't want to see Jackson and Ronda again, really. And I was really hoping and started to write my own better stuff in my head. And then we go to commercial and we come back. Ronda's disappeared. She's Thanos away, mm-hmm. and it's Nia versus Ember. And I thought, okay, well, Ronda's probably on commentary. I know how this works. <laughs> <laughs> She's still going to be there. She's going to set something up with Ember. This is going to be great. Uh, Ronda wasn't on commentary. They had they had a match, and then uh, Nia did some, won. I was going to say, did someone? I <coughs> can't remember it, but did Nia win? Nia won before Tamina came down. It was just a Ember bounced off the ropes and. Naya Korda and the Samoan jo- drop. Uh the crowd did not react at all. But I they generally
2: didn't write down who won. Yeah, they
1: even they became even
2: less interested when Tamina's music hits. Yeah, she came out to like it's cricket mm-hmm. for Tamina. And that is, it's been weeks now that they've been trying to do this. And each time, cricket. Like no one cares about Tamina whatsoever. But they they just keep like, it's gonna work, it's gonna work, it's gonna work. But Tamina gets in the ring, and her and Jax have this stare-off to absolutely no reaction whatsoever. And then she hits a Samoan drop on Ember Moon, and Naya goes like, Oh no, ba-ba-ba, don't do that. Terrible acting. Don't do that.
1: But maybe she was meant to be. Maybe it was meant to be disingenuous (laughs) and wooden.
2: And then then she tells uh, Tamina to, to do it again, essentially. And she locks Ember in the Boston Crab. And Nia Jack starts dropping elbows, and they hug, and they're a team now. I guess I, li- I did like when Nia and Tamina hugged. They then raised each other's arms, and Nia shouted, "I won!" Yeah, so that, that was that showed some actual life. Yeah, there. it really did, good. and that was the, probably the best thing about this whole segment. But it's once again another tag team in Raw without these tag team titles. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, it's probably coming. Uh, I just it's weird because last week when Tamina came out. I think we both said, "Oh, like I was kind of hoping for a Tamina Nia Jacks team." Yep. Uh, and then they can take on Ember, and then we're given that this week. I, I was wrong. <laughs> 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 I thought I, wa- I thought I wanted it, but actually, I just wanted something different. Yeah. Um, it's just what's what's most saddening to me here is I've I've really become a fan of Ember Moon over the last few months, and. Fool me for thinking this whole Nia return and Tamina stuff was to set up an Ember's
2: first main roster storyline. She still hasn't had one. Yet. She's been there for nearly a year now, and she's still and and you, actually this is seven months. Seven months was nearly a year. It's, it's the fun. better part of, of better it. Part, better <laughs> part of a year, then. Fair enough. If you're rounding up. If you're if you're rounding way up, it's nearly a year. Um, and yeah, this is I suppose technically the first storyline she's had, but for me. The worst thing about this is, is this storyline is her best friend betrayed her and now Nia's just got a different best friend. And so the only way that Ember is going to be able to fix this is to find a best friend of her own that she can team up with. Because that's all they can do. All this creative team have for their female storylines is your friends or your feuding with former friends. It's ludicrous.
1: Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't any good. Um, next up, we got a a Finn Balor promo. He said, "Emballa Club," for, is for everyone in Manchester. I mean, I've written here. He says nothing. Yeah, it's it's nonsense stuff again. The, I
2: got such third hour fatigue here, real third hour fatigue. And then when they were talking about Bobby Lashley, I was like, "They're not gonna have another match, are
1: they?" Uh-huh. That's exactly <laughs> what happened. <laughs> Baron Corbin escaped in the midst of this, setting up the Drew McIntyre main event. So at least it was something to keep you through this but yeah yeah bobby lashley came out and took on finn balor
2: for like the 10th time it's three weeks in a row these two have had a match um but the weirdest part of this was leo rush didn't have a microphone when he was coming down to the ring first off and the commentators were like oh thank they mentioned it yeah "Yeah, he hasn't got a microphone this week that's so much nicer then he just gets a microphone and cuts a promo which seemed really weird but he's like i want my man to show off his best pose and his best pose was Bobby bending over and pointing at his butt. Mm. <laughs> I was like, what is happening here? Because the crowd didn't react at all. Yeah. The crowd were deathly silent. And he was just bending over and pointing at his butt. And he, kept, he did it to all four sides. Desperate to get a reaction. And didn't get one. See, so all you've got is a man just pointing at his butt. And I what was what happened what was this
1: Yeah so I think someone must have thought that was funny or a way to get heat backstage Do you mean thought it was funny Yeah it's it's very juvenile Leo Rush says it's the developed glutes that's what we're looking at. That's the, the pose there. I've never seen that.
2: I'm not that au fait with bodybuilding poses. I've never seen that one, though. I, I don't think I have either. Uh, uh, and I, I, again, though, I'm not au fait with bodybuilding hmm. techniques or competition. So maybe, maybe this is a really big part. All, all I know is Hulk Hogan never did it. Whenever they did their, remember when Triple H and Scott Steiner did their pose down to build up their World Heavyweight Championship match? Because that was a thing. Uh, I don't think they ever did this pose. Well, you don't want to get
1: too homoerotic. The, <laughs> there's a nice balance you can have. Uh, the, yeah, I mean the glutes are the largest muscle. Is that it, so? J- it should be. It should really be something yeah. if you've got the definition. Ah, uh, not, the, not on me. The crowd chanted, "Boring." I thought a better way to do this is to just use a like a pose that's offensive just to the to, to local crowd. So you maybe do the the
2: wanker symbol because that doesn't travel to America. No, I mean I thought a better way to do this would be to not do it. Yeah, that's um, I mean, poor, I felt so bad for Bobby. He looked dead behind the eyes. Yeah, dead behind the eyes during this. Mubum. Oh man. Look like, at Mubum. I felt so bad for him. Yeah. Uh, anyway, anyway, he won.
1: Yeah, but Bella, Bella had a good go at him. Uh, again, it's like I don't mind these matches. I just don't want to see it three, three weeks, weeks in, in a row. row. Um, But Bobby won So I thought they were going to write him out again Because he does have this separated shoulder reportedly
2: But he won Not acting like it Yeah so maybe he's sticking around Well the report is he's on the Survivor Series team Oh okay So Mike Johnson's uh, report was the Survivor Series team Is the three that have already been announced Along with Bobby Lashley and Kurt Angle on the Raw side And on the Smackdown side it will be Brian, Joe, Randy, Ray, and Miz Huh Cool. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. Out of all of the SmackDown roster, that is the most uninspiring yeah. SmackDown team, isn't it? Yeah, like, it's such an uninspiring five. Uh, uh, so with Jeff Hardy
1: in there. So th- what happened next, though, was really cool. If you just get over the fact that Finn Balor is only there to make other people look good. Yes. So. Uh, Lashley wins, but then Drew McIntyre's music hits because he's got the next match. He's got the main event against Kurt Angle. He comes down and he has a heel heel stare off with Bobby Lashley. And Bobby Lashley's huge. That's all Leo Rush talks about. Drew's bigger. Mm-hmm. And he looked down at Bobby. And Bobby, just after a while, you know, acknowledged him and got out the ring and walked away. And I thought that was badass well
2: I thought this was really interesting as well because this is Drew McIntyre staring down Bobby Lashley just before his match with Kurt Angle and I was like it's Impact three years ago (laughs) Uh, but then
1: Drew actually kneels down and helps up Finn Balor and I like a sucker
2: I totally bought into it as well because I was like oh my god they're going to turn Drew face it because he wasn't out with Dolph earlier I was like are they going to do something with Drew here
1: I was like so ready as well, so
2: ready for it, but like a sucker, I bought into it. He lifted him up and he pushed him against the ropes. Claymore kick. Drew is awesome. The claymore is awesome. Um, and it was it was a, it was a good segment. I thought yeah, actually, I that little angle. I thought it was, yeah, thought it was a, yeah, that little angle, not the butt stuff with uh, with Bobby, but I thought the actual ending w- was quite good. Uh, and they also announced that phew stephanie mcmahon returns to tv next week and brock will be there too because you've got to try and hype survivor series it's your go home show it's your last opportunity to do so yeah so presumably
1: stephanie's gonna have something with corbin and that's how kurt makes the i don't care i don't (sighs) know uh, and Bliss is going to announce the female Survivor Series team. Well, thankfully. I mean, the, the I mean, men's she, team's going to have to be announced as well. I mean, it's she, the
2: go-home show. I mean, she could have done it on Twitter, I suppose. I actually oh, yeah. did have someone say to me that Twitter is the best place to do storylines these days. Mm. Strong disagree.
1: So the main event was Drew McIntyre versus Kurt Angle. And again, it's like the Finn Balor thing. Just just move aside that we love Kurt and he's been handled terribly on wwe since his return and that he's he's only had a few matches like if he'd had a a bunch of matches since coming back and looked good in those matches and won some of them maybe and had like a proper good legends run where he's sometimes in the mix for the top title but most of the time he's not but he's just you know working with younger guys and this is the first time where a new guy really takes it to him like that would have like that would have been awesome. Unfortunately, that's not what's happened. Kurt has been booked into oblivion and no one cares about him, which is insane to think about, considering how much I love Kurt Angle. But a fire's been underneath him. He got knocked out in the first oh, round. Really? Uh, but then, yeah, got knocked out in the first round, <laughs> losing to Drew here. Like, yeah. So that, But the, I thought this, if you look at this match in the context of Drew McIntyre being put over
2: strong, Wow. I thought they did an incredible job. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a good match. I, I and I I wasn't blown away by the main event, but I do think that it was third hour fatigue that made me be less interested in this match as opposed to the match itself. I don't blame the lads. I don't blame the way that the match was structured everything that had come before it had made me really tuned I, 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 apart from the setting I didn't really like much of anything on this show mm. so all I had was just segment after segment of stuff that I just was not caring about whatsoever so I've, I found it very difficult to find myself invested in this main event
1: yeah well, I, I this really got me into it uh, just because I really liked Drew I thought Drew looked incredible Really, really impressive! This deadlift suplex. Mm-hmm. This, there
2: was this one early headbutt that he did. Oh, it yeah, just the Glasgow kid. It's so cool. And he uh, had this really cool moment where he's just shouting at Angle. Yes, was just that calling, was my favorite bit. Yeah, yeah. it was really cool. He's just calling him a bloody disgrace. You're an, you're an embarrassment.
1: Yeah, embarrassment to your family. Embarrassment to me. Yeah, and, I and, love and then that. like, like because Drew hit Kurt with the claymore, but relatively like five minutes into the match, and you're like, oh, okay, oh that's a bit disappointing. But then Drew didn't pin him. Mm. He just sat on the mid- the middle rope And looked at him Like with this big grin on his face And then he starts mouthing off at him And then he starts like Offering him a free shot He puts his hands behind his back And lifts up his chin And this all ties in with Drew's character That he's like Everyone's slacking Everyone's slacking I'm the best And he's come here He's facing Kurt And he's really like Living up to that character Saying you're slacking mate Come on I'll even give you a free shot so I'm better Mm-hmm I thought it was terrific, and then Ye starts yelling at him. He puts out a leg, say have a free grapple there, but he overcomes him. Uh, But then Kurt makes a little flurry back, gets him in the ankle lock, Drew reverses, hits the angle slam, and then makes him
2: tap to his own finish in that ankle lock. I thought it was oh. a really, really cool moment for Drew. The commentators did a really good job of putting this over, just like how, like the disrespect that this man showed in using, like, and like, and how devastating that is for Kurt Angle to lose to his own move, or his own two moves. But the crowd were very quiet. Mm. The crowd really weren't into this whatsoever. But I think, I, like we've always said, the crowd are into things if you give them a reason. And the problem don't bore them senseless, and and, and you don't bore them senseless. And I think the problem is they've mostly been bored senseless by by this point. So it was a shame that the crowd really weren't into this because it was a really good showing for Drew, and he did look awesome. But it's um, it's it's a very weird thing for Angle, yeah. Because you're right, you And I actually forgot that Angle's supposed to be on this vacation, or whatever. It's not really been explained. What it's it's just sort of stopped, and he's back. But not really back because they do say, "Oh, he's on vacation." But is he? But he's wrestling. Like, it doesn't seem like a vacation to me. So is, is that a separate contract? What's going on here? Yeah. Yeah. Is Kurt now an in-ring performer? Does he not want to be general manager anymore? Like, I don't. He, he said he wanted to be captain of the team. He didn't say he wanted to be general manager again. So I don't really know what's going on with Angle at the moment. And then, yeah, and I, I like the fact that Drew won though. I was half expecting Angle to win. Yeah,
1: really, really sad. But especially because what was on the line was who gets to be the captain, Baron or Kurt. And yeah, I, just, I thought they were setting up for an angle victory. Yeah. Um, but they che- they seem to have changed a lot of plans following Roman's announcement, obviously.
2: Yeah, well, Dave Meltzer originally reported that it wasn't going to be based around Raw versus SmackDown this year. They were going to do Team Corbin versus Team Angle. And they weren't going to, like, because they, they, they didn't want to do Roman versus AJ Uh, Universal champ versus WWE champ so they scrapped the Raw versus Smackdown aspect of it Um, but with Roman uh, with his leukemia and vacating the belt they switched back and and that's what WrestleVotes confirmed uh, Meltzer's original report and said now they're going to have to go back to the Raw versus Smackdown thing because they've got no other option
1: yeah but you know at least Drew looks strong so overall I gave this a paw but you know the more I'm thinking about it it's it's teetering on a bore just because they've if you, if I give it the lowest rating, it has to really seriously negatively impact something. And I, I think they've done that with Braun. I think they've really,
2: really, really botched him. Yeah, and I'll be honest, I didn't really think of it that way. Because I was thinking, like, yeah, I, I was almost like, this is a very boring episode. This is a bore. But like you, I thought it had something has to be really badly affected by the episode. And I'll be honest, it's just because he was barely there, I'd forgot Braun was even a mm. part of this show. So yeah, so maybe I'd have gone bore, maybe a high bore because oh. a, a high bore because Seems I liked generous. <laughs> because I liked Ronza's promo and I liked the Seths. Uh, I liked the Seth segment. Mm-hmm. Quick email here from. Uh, I mean, I'll read out what we know him as on Patreon. Okay. Asker's future husband an EOF One man wrecking crew, skin trade.
1: Yes, a very confusing Name well, that we
2: didn't come up with yes. He came up with himself So, here we go, he has emailed In to say, so you wonder where the name Of Patreon comes from So just, uh, just, because
1: if you donate to us On Patreon, we will give you A Patreon wrestling nickname Yes, but you can have your own Nickname if you want, and this is One of the only
2: gentlemen who's who's taken that option so he breaks this down mm. to let us know there's so, a lot going on in this name so skin trade this comes from two things creating and trading skins for winamp when that was a thing whoa like, like winamp being like
1: the, the, the music player music player yes. that was neither windows media player or itunes that's right and you could make the player look different yes based on
2: customization very big in the late 90s and the early 2000s blimey Yes. Uh, I had a friend who swore by that in 2008. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, it comes from trading skins for Winamp when that was a thing. The other, well, that's not for the WrestleTalk audience to hear about. This handle is actually only how some people refer to me as within the motorcycle community in the UK as it's unique in a larger group, unlike my real name. EOF, this is Empire of Filth. We're an international group that comes together over a love of pro wrestling and have seen each other through hard times, bereavement, depression and more. The name came from making some of the filthiest jokes you could think of and finding something funny in everything from meatloaf to a Martian invasion. The one man wrecking crew, I can wreck my own body better than anyone else, plus I'm a former doorman. Asker's future husband yeah she's not aware of this yet i was a big fan of hers for a long time before she hopped into an N- into nxt i'll leave it there so there you go i am Asker's future husband and eof one-man wrecking crew skin trade wow that is the patreon
1: nickname equivalent of this week's opening segment of raw <laughs> you've crammed a lot in there <laughs> It's exposition heavy I think skin trade's enough yeah. <laughs> but that's really cool I, that, that does make
2: everything seem because
1: skin trade sounded si- like sinister
2: yeah well maybe it is because he does say that the second half of that is something that's not oh um, I hope that's a joke <laughs> well we don't know um also, before we get out of here, jumping, the Smark has emailed in. This is kind of random and kind of late, but I wanted to tell you, the SWAF Nation, about my Pentagon Junior Halloween costume. It took me a few weeks to put together, and I'm pretty proud of it. All I got, all I bought, was a Pentagon shirt and a mask, and the rest I made myself. I took some spare knee pads, a pair of pants that worked, some winter boots, and I taped them up to look like wrestling boots. Some faux tattoo sleeves, the shirt, the mask, and makeup, and a piece of fabric fashioned together to a pretty decent costume. Here is a picture of him in his Pentagon Junior costume.
1: Wow, that's pretty decent. Yeah. I mean, that is him, right? It isn't Chris Jericho as Penta. Well...
2: That would have been really meta, wouldn't it? Yeah, you it? should have gone, gone as, as Chris Jericho, Jericho going as... as Pentagon yeah. Jr., yeah. Well, that's one for next year. Penny. You'd need to You'd have t- the Rock and Wrestling Rager at Sea t-shirt underneath. Yeah, with your, your awful fuzzy tattoo yeah. on your arm as well. So that's for next year. You, you've done half the work. Actually, all you've got to do is less work, and you'll look like Chris Jericho dressed up as Pentagon Jr. Uh, Shall we have a couple of jokes before we get on out of here? C- can I just say something that I've only just realised? Mm, of course you can. You... So, Raven. Yes, the Best the, Wrestler Ever, yeah. The yeah. Best Wrestler Ever, who ver- someone... Who was it who got the... It was the Chris Smith he, uh, is a podcast <laughs> listener. He sent us in a Rusev Hay mm. and his review of the Jericho Cruise. Oh, awesome. Um, in fact, actually, I'll tell you, because you obviously don't listen to the other podcasts, um which, uh, which Laurie and I do, so you don't hear some of these Rusev Hays and, and Agony Arts requests and things like that. Do you do Agony Arts with Laurie? I don't do as many Agony Arts. Oh. I've done one. But I think I'd rather because I think people want to hear your thoughts as opposed oh, to, to Laurie's. Betray, that's
1: I like that segment.
2: Well, I mean, we could do one today if <laughs> do you. All want. the Rusev of Hazy you want. I don't care about those. But uh, he does. He sent us an email uh, to say my Rusev hay wasn't a direct meeting, but it involved carrying Dalton Castle as he surfed through the karaoke bar <laughs> while Marty Skull <laughs> and Jay Lethal sang "My Heart Will Go On." Brilliant. So sounds like a hell of a hell of a weekend. Really, it yeah. really did. Uh, I'm glad that he's doing it again next year. Mm. Just don't do it over the same weekend because I can't go to it. Um, anyway yeah, you want so, to ask a question so if it's so a chris
1: smith mm-hmm. yep he sent in if you don't watch the youtube channel a clip of raven luke's favorite ever wrestler saying you know support luke or but what was it a
2: support wrestle talk the home of luke owen whatever wrestle talk is and whoever luke owen is quote the raven nevermore we did an hour interview with him and he hosted
1: the old wrestle talk show as a guest spot Oh, yeah, you did. Because, and we had a running gag forever. It was a really hot day, and he insisted on having this tiny hand fan with him. I remember him. all this, yeah. yeah. And he held it really close to the mic, and we were like, can you just can you, ju- can you just, get through this half hour? And he was like, yeah, man, sure, and he put it down, and then as we're doing the interview, it would slowly come <laughs> up, and we'd all be watching it. Like, He's not going to do it, is he? And it would just come up back to his face. He was screwing with us, but yeah, and it ruined all the audio. <laughs> uh, but he—he's—he's he's, yeah. I wasn't there that day, but I heard the uh, the funny stories. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he, I mean, I would hope he knows what wrestle talk. Maybe
2: he thinks it's something else because you weren't really anywhere near it when absolutely not on. and also there was several years ago raven uh, i mean he's doing ddp yoga now he's, uh, yeah, he's no. checked in hopefully they're going to do another documentary with him as the focus because he's the best anyway here is a joke uh i'm gonna i won't do that joke, joke. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna do this joke it's quite a long one but let's where we go this one comes in from Fra- uh, you may refer to me as zero um and i am frank Amendola. So, this one's from zero. A man dressed in a very nice suit pulls up to a bank in Manhattan in a gorgeous brand new shiny Cadillac and parks it right in front of the bank. He goes inside and asks to see the bank manager in charge of loans. He explains that he wants a cash loan of hundreds of $100,000 in for 30 days. He is asked if he can get any collateral and says he doesn't and he'll pay back in full. At the end of the 30 days they may keep the Cadillac out front. He hands the title to the manager and is granted the loan. He returns on the 13th day and comes inside to repay the loan with a cured interest, which comes to about $75, which he pays in cash as well. After the paperwork, the manager says, Hey, we looked up your info and background, and we discovered you're quite a rich man with several million dollars in multiple bank accounts around the world. We were wondering, what the devil you needed a $1,000 loan for? The man responds with, "Uh, Where else in Manhattan can I park my car so cheaply for a month? It's an old joke, but I'm sure several people, especially abroad, haven't heard it before. Enjoy. That sounds like such a localized joke. Mm. I. It's one of those jokes where I can work out why it would be
1: funny. Like it's a, it's a well laid out one. Mm-hmm. But the I think the whole point of those sorts of jokes is to be kind of disappointing at the end, because that that's a long setup. It's
2: a contrived setup. Contrived your favourite word, as yeah. um, YouTubers uh, like to point out. YouTube commenters. Oh,
1: really? Is that my favourite word? Well,
2: they say that we say it too much. Mm. Uh, we say contrived all the time and we need to get new words. Do we say it too much or a WWE <laughs> contrived too much? Wow. Is it a chicken or egg scenario? <laughs> who really knows? Uh, that is all we've got time for on today's show. We're going to be back tomorrow. We'll likely find out who the SmackDown team is, see if Mike Johnson reports correct or their plans have changed. And remember, enter into our competition to see uh, to try and win two pairs of tickets to come see Beyond the Mat and Wrestle Ramble live next Tuesday in London's Leicester Square. Email luke at wrestletalk.com. The best of luck. We're going to announce the winner in tomorrow's podcast. So, Get in there quickly. Thank you very much. Take care. I love you all. Goodbye.